Welcome to the She Connects podcast. My name is Susan Vandenhubel, and I am honored to be your host each and every week. This is an extension of my ministry, She Rises, that allows me to connect with women in the online space. You can learn more about me and my ministry at www.sherisesmn.org or simply tap the link in the show notes. But for now, let's dive into this week's episode. Hey everyone, welcome to the show. Before we dive into this week's conversation, I wanted to point out that this week's guest is Jenny Randall, and I am interviewing her about her book titled Getting to Know God's Voice. It's a 31-day interactive journey to help you discover the Holy Spirit in your everyday life. This book is so well-written, and while I rarely promote books, I felt prompted to not only encourage you to grab yourself a copy, but I believe so much in the content of this book. I am giving one copy away to one listener. If you're ready to reach higher in your faith and grow to be more spirit-led in your everyday life, listen all the way to the end of our conversation for how you can be the blessed winner of this incredible book. And now without further ado, here is my conversation with Jenny Randall. Well, hey everyone, welcome back to the show. Oh goodness, I am so excited about the guest that we have on the show this week. And we're actually continuing our conversation about living a spirit-filled life and just kind of unpacking that for us so that we can just have a better understanding and, and sort of wrap this around our faith, taking the confusion and the complicated out of it because it doesn't have to be complicated. So I am joined this week by my new friend, Jenny Randall, and she is just an amazing woman of God who has just championed other people forward in their faith. And she has written an incredible book that we're going to be talking a lot about in this week's episode and make sure that you look at the show notes because I'm actually going to be giving away a copy of her book to a special listener. So you'll want to throw your name into the into the hat to see if you can be the lucky winner of that. Well, the blessed winner of that actually. So I'd love to put that in your hands. But Jenny, welcome to the show. Tell us a little bit about you and where you're joining us from. Thanks so much, Susan. So I have two kids. Uh, they are in elementary school and my husband and I, along with them, reside outside of Jacksonville, Florida. So we live in a beach community called Amelia Islands. And from here we do ministry. And also my husband runs a handyman business. So we are busy building things and preaching the gospel wherever the Lord places us. <laughs> Wow. So just a quick question. So handyman, and I'm thinking about just your family and living in that area of the country with the recent hurricane that just went through. So did that impact you? Uh, not well, we did have school off on Thursday of last week. So the kids were excited about that. And we did have tornado warnings. So that was the first time I had to hide under a desk with the kids and like Google my way through that. There was local tornadoes, but we weren't affected directly. Praise God. So. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Wow. Okay. So new part of your life, probably a new <laughs> quote unquote normal, if you will. 
<laughs> yes, yes. Being raised in upstate New York, I was like, is this equivalent to a snowstorm? It is not. So it's, it's another level of navigation. <laughs> yeah, right, right. Yeah. Well, again, like I said at the top of our time here together, you wrote just an incredible book. And I was sharing with Jenny before we started the, the recording that it is so well written. And I want to encourage every listener that you should grab a copy of this and again, make sure that you're looking in the show notes for links on how you can do that because it is applicable to anyone, no matter where you find yourself in your faith walk It's really, really well written. But again, we're continuing our conversation about living a spirit-filled life and we're reading from Jenny's book, Getting to Know God's Voice. It's a 31-day interactive journey. So, so good. But I want to read just a portion of bottom of the bottom of page 18. And then I want to ask you to help us kind of understand this part of what you wrote here. So page 18, knowing God's voice starts with understanding that Holy Spirit is in your life in a personal way. He is more than an it or a dove bumper sticker. I love that. <laughs> or the last mention in the Trinity, Holy Spirit is co-equal and co-eternal with Father God and Jesus Christ. Learning to recognize and respond to his voice is a foundational element of Christianity. Oh, what a great way to start this conversation. Why do you think that this is confusing for so many people? Oh, I well, I think it's confusing because we forget to recognize that Holy Spirit is three in one, a piece of the Trinity. He is a he, not an it. Um, so we often don't have the proper theology around what he looks like or who he is as a person of the Trinity. So I think that's a piece of it. I, I also think our culture and our circumstances can be confusing because they're the things that are right in front of us. So we forget or we don't know or we're distracted from having these eyes of faith and things can get very complicated. So for example, my feelings don't define my theology or thoughts about who God is, either does my circumstance. So if I'm facing an illness, that doesn't mean God isn't still healer, right? So that is a, a key character trait of who he is. So if if I feel as if God's presence isn't around me, that's not an accurate truth because we know God is trustworthy and that he is always with us and within us as Christ followers. So it can get really confusing when we lack a proper theology or a biblical understanding of who God is. That's why when I teach about the Holy Spirit and actually hearing God's voice, I always like to remind people that everything we feel God is speaking comes under the authority of scripture and the character of who God is. And then we filter our circumstances and the culture through that lens of, okay, I have this personal relationship with Jesus. Does what I think he's saying fall under scripture? Does it align and align with his character as well? Mm, that is so good. I love that. I think that it's so important to remember that, you know, our feelings aren't on our enemy. <laughs> you know, God right. created us with emotions and with feelings. We just don't want them to be the leader. And yeah. that I think that, like you said, just, you know, putting it next to scripture is what I'm thinking and what I'm feeling. Can I find biblical support in, in that? And then speaking truth into uh, my circumstance and, and into my feelings. And I think, and I'm just curious what you, what you would think about this, that, you know, the Holy Spirit would never lead us to do something contrary to scripture. Correct. <laughs> 
Yeah. Yeah. So, and so how would, how would one differentiate who is doing the leading and who is doing the speaking in, in that type of scenario? Yeah. So I always think if, if you build your theology on circumstances or uh, rather than Christ, you're going to fall into this identity crisis, right? So if you catch your pattern of thinking being more negative or something in that example, like I'm not good enough, or I'm not called to do this or what, like, you know, just a spiral of emotion, then one would typically think, okay, these are either my thoughts I need to take captive uh, or reframe with scripture, or these are the lies of the enemy. Either way, it's not what God thinks of you. So I think a lot of times for as hu- in our humanity, we first put ourselves first a lot of times where we have to catch ourselves and remind ourselves, okay, no, I, I'm a daughter of the king. You know, just that identity talk, um, which I'm sure you you teach on a lot uh, to remind ourselves what God says. And, and the Holy Spirit is so beautiful. He is our comforter. He is our helper. Uh, he leads us to repentance. And we cannot be a Christ follower without him, without having the indwelling of the Holy Spirit within us. Um, the second we accept Christ, we we have his power in us. And often that that are those gentle reminders of guidance and comfort and uh, sanctification that sets up. He is setting us apart to be more like Christ. So I always teach that the Holy Spirit is working within us and then the Holy Spirit is working through us. So as Christ followers, we should be developing godly fruit. So that's kind of a metric for, okay, am I, am I following Christ? Am I walking in love? Am I walking in kindness? Am I displaying gentleness? If not, repent and figure out how to do that, you know? And then in the second part of that, he, he empowers us to be ministers of the gospel, wherever our feet may step. And within that, there's also understanding the supernatural gifts that he has gifted us. And a lot of times that conversation is confusing for people. So surrounding the Holy Spirit, there's a whole lot of confusion. There's a whole lot of manipulation where we haven't seen it modeled correctly. And there's a whole lot of misunderstanding and then missing it all together because we don't have a theology of actually who the Holy Spirit is. So that's why I'm so thankful, Susan, you're bringing this up today. Yeah. Yeah. I think that that's why these types of conversations and these types of books as resources are Mm -hmm. so helpful because it takes away some of that confusion and misunderstanding. So good. Well, you've listed several ways in your book, Holy Spirit moves in and through us. You've already kind of started touching on that. How is a believer's life transformed when we begin to recognize and respond to his voice? And then a follow-up question to that, Jenny, how has this awareness in your life transformed your faith? Yeah. Uh, There's this Old Testament scholar, Dr. Richard, and she says, it's all even in the Old Testament and obviously modeled in the New Testament, it's always relationship first and then obedience second. And I think when we get that backwards, uh, I have to do this. I have to live like this. I have to do this without the relationship. We fall into religiosity or legalism or judgment or whatever that looks like in our form of expression. So remembering its relationship with Christ first and then stepping into the obedience of what the Holy Spirit's empowering us to do and inviting us to step into. I think, like I said, we're all called to ministry. Sometimes at the grocery store, I'll feel this still small voice within me saying, go, go say hi to that person. And often if it's random, I'll kind of pause and be like, is this why, like, why, why? 
<laughs> I'm an introvert. So like, don't get me out of my comfort zone, Lord. <laughs> but I've learned through obedience and through repetition that there's always fruit and favor that follow, whether it's simply a smile or maybe it's a deeper conversation of connection. We don't always see the full picture of why God's inviting us to do something. But as we step out, maybe it's something um, less mundane than saying hi to somebody in the grocery store. Maybe it's something big like pursuing a dream or tackling a book idea, whatever that is, there has to be obedience that follows that relationship. So in, in stepping out, in understanding my my giftings. So the Lord has given us gifts. Those supernatural gifts are gifts of prophecy. So I let me pre- let me preface this. I'm a continuous, so I believe the gifts still exist today. Some people are cessationalists where they believe the gifts has ceased. So if you are on that side of the conversation, this might be a little harder to embrace. So that that's my disclaimer on that topic, but I, I believe the gifts are still relevant for today. Within that conversation, he gives us good gifts, like the gift of prophecy, words of knowledge, uh, wisdom, healing, discernment. So in understanding those gifts he has given me, I'm able to step up boldly and learn how he wants to minister through me and then take the boldness empowered by the Holy Spirit to actually speak a word of encouragement over somebody. There was this crazy time I was at the gym working out on the elliptical, which is the first miracle because who goes... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> to the gym. So I was working out and the Lord, I felt very strongly in my spirit. The Lord was like, you need to go encourage that man. And I was doing that thing. We all do Lord. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not doing it. I'm not. Do-. And then I like, it's called throwing out a fleece. I threw out a fleece. I was like, Lord, which I don't advise doing, but I was like, Lord, if you want me to talk to this man, he needs to walk all the way back to where I am and I'll speak to him. And the exit was in the front of the gym. There was no way. So I was like, this is my out we're good. So I kept doing my elliptical and worshiping. And then before I knew it, my workout was over and I didn't see the man. And I was like, I'm off the hook. This is fantastic. So I step off the elliptical and the man was standing right there in front of me. And I was so awkward. I was like, Hey man. And he was like, <laughs> hi, uh, I think he was trying to figure out if he knew me. So then I introduced myself. I said, my name's Jenny. And you know, sometimes the Lord gives me encouragement for people. So this, this is the gift of prophecy. I didn't use that language with him. So I said, sometimes the Lord gives me encouragement for people. And I feel like he has something to share with you. Can I share that with you? And of course we want to be relationally appropriate in the display of how the Holy Spirit operates. And he said, yeah, of course I'd love, I'd love to hear it. He was kind of taken aback and you could see the wheels spinning in his brain. And I just began to share with him. I found out his name was Jason. And I just began to say, listen, I, f- I feel like you've been carrying a lot in your life. And it's almost as if some- everything feels broken and you're trying to scramble and pick up the pieces. But as you pick up the pieces, things are getting more broken and you're getting more worn down. And like just the words started coming and he had tears in his eyes. And he said, I have multiple sclerosis. Nobody can help me. This is my last ditch effort. Like, I I don't know what to do. And he just began sharing his heart. And I said, you know, Jason, God loves you enough to in this moment at the gym, when we're sweaty and discussing, to pause life for a minute, to say, I see you, you are known and you are loved. And it was just this beautiful opportunity to represent Christ to him with a word of encouragement. And uh, on the practical, we got him connected to trainers at the gym and he began to receive support and help he needed. And he felt loved the love of Christ. And I think within 
embracing the Holy Spirit, the gifts are evidence and a reminder to who Jesus is and who Jesus is calling us to be. And if we as the church and Christ followers think, oh, I'm not going to embrace those gifts. It's too weird or spooky or whatever. There's a relation, relationally appropriate way to, to walk this out. Often, all the time, it should be for the building up of the church and pointing people to Christ. So I think if we keep that in the forefront of why we do what we do, it's for Jesus and keep him the center. It's going to be okay as we walk in the boldness that Christ has for us. Wow, what a powerful and so beautiful story. And I just can't even imagine, I don't know if you've seen that man since, but how his life was impacted by that in that moment and that it didn't just end there. I mean, it just yeah. this further impact that just had this far reaching impact in into his life that wow, is so incredible. And I think that especially in this world that we're living in, we need to encourage people, you know, not just in the body of Christ, but it's it's a, such a beautiful way of reaching people who aren't Christ followers to just encourage people because I don't know, I've met a lot of hurting and broken people, a lot of people that are frightened by, you know, things that are happening in the world. And we all need encouragement. It doesn't matter who, who you are. And the thing I love about that story is it, it's just so, it's just so everyday and so practical, you know, someone else in this series that we're, that we're talking about, she was sharing a very similar story where she was at the shoe carnival. <laughs> she was there to buy shoes for something. And she felt the Lord speak to her heart that she was to purchase a pair of shoes for this other woman that was also trying on shoes. And she had just like finished cancer treatment and, and, you know, had really gone through a difficult time in her life. And my friend started reaching out to her just exactly like you did. And so I think that those examples are so beautiful and yet they're so powerful at the same time, because it helps us to take out the overthinking and yeah. that it doesn't have to be you know, you don't have to check all these boxes and that God can use anybody he wants to use. Uh, he wants to use everybody. And it doesn't matter if you're at the shoe carnival, you're at the grocery store, you're at the gym. It doesn't matter. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And it it's, I always think, oh, I could cry just thinking about it. It is such a gift that God is entrusting us in the places he is entrusting us. Like mm -hmm. it, it is such a gift that he has given us a life to steward for his glory and the goodness of others. And I never want to squander it. Have I gotten it perfect? No, of course not. But man, I, I want to try to see those broken places and, and the ones that are desperate for hope and just to speak life and encouragement into them. And, and what an opportunity God has invited us to journey with him within that. It's just remarkable to think through. Yeah. And so as you have grown in this area of, of your, in your faith and, and you, you know, you've stepped out a few different times in this way, do you feel like you have gained at a lack of better words, maybe a holy confidence where you, it's like, because you are now aware of how he speaks and you're aware of when he's speaking and how he's prompting you. And so does it get again, a lot out of lack of word, better mm -hmm. words, do you feel like it gets a little bit easier? Do you feel like the more someone just responds to that, that prompting? I definitely think 
in regards to providing prophetic encouragement, or if that's the illustration we're using here, there has been a confidence, a God confidence within it, because I always want people to respond. Does that feel right to you? Like, does this feel like this is how God wants to encourage you? And sometimes they're like, I don't just, I don't get it right now. And then I'll, I'll have to repent and be like, man, I, I, maybe I didn't hear God. Right. And I'll analyze this. And, and I've interviewed a lot of pastors for getting to know God's voice. And I've studied this for years across denominational lines, trying to figure out what does it, what does the full expression of the Holy spirit look like? And there were a couple of things that I was reminded in the conversation with pastors. And they would always say, listen, if, if you're trying to hear God's voice, for others, revelation or encouragement, you must always like, one thing you can always think about is, did I just watch a TV show? And somebody like, you know, like analyze what input is going inside of you. And if it seems like that encouraging word you want to deliver to somebody, maybe hold it back and think, oh, that's just my, that's just my soul fostering up a pep talk for somebody. It has no relation in this conversation. So I think it's little things like that, where you begin to learn how to discern God's voice and you begin to really analyze. And oftentimes we don't have enough time to analyze, like, did I uh, eat pizza and now I'm just feeling funny or did, did I watch it? But if we do have that opportunity to hold it under the weight of scripture, to really prayerfully consider, Lord, is this a holy moment from you? Or is this something I recently watched on media? Do you want me to deliver this? Sometimes the Lord will speak, be speaking directly to you and you'll put that on somebody else. And then you later like, Oh, that was actually a word for myself. So I always ask if I'm, if I feel something, say I'm at church and worshiping and I feel a strong impression from the Lord, I'll say, Lord, is this something for me? Is this a thought for somebody around me? Or is this a thought for somebody like the church corporately? And depending on the type of expression of church you're in, you can steward that and respond um, properly. But I definitely have found the more I step out in understanding who God is and what his voice sounds like, there is a God confidence that comes upon me because, you know, it's like if your mama calls on the phone, you recognize her voice. You're like, oh, hi, mom. She doesn't need to announce herself. So when you hear God, you begin to recognize his voice. He doesn't need to announce himself. That sometimes it's a still small voice. Sometimes it's a whisper. Sometimes it's it's a dream at night and you wake up and you're pepped up for whatever the case may be, but he is speaking, he is moving. And I think knowing that at the core of who you are begins to peel back the distraction because we have such a hunger to want to walk out what he's doing and want to be a part of the mission that God is on. Mm, so good. So good. Uh, in your book, there's an entire section titled holdups and hangups, which I just love. <laughs> like, yes, I'm, I know that I've had a few of those and I probably am still at work in some of those because <laughs> we're always Me too. growing, Me too. right? But you know, some of those are, you, you list that we are ourselves could be holding us up. Um, you list sin, um, distractions, confusion, isolation, timidity, um, among other things. But I want to circle back to that one of the holdups and hangups could be ourselves that we, you know, are sometimes the ones that are holding us back. And so how do we become an, an obstacle in our own lives? Kind of unpack that for us. Yeah. You know, our, our culture, for a lot of reasons, social media, just the, where we're at, is often yelling, like, look at me, look at me. And like, there's this desperation uh, to feel famous, <laughs> right? Yeah. And in in the same, there's a desperate, and the Lord put in us this wanting to feel known. 
because we're wired for a relationship with him. Mm. So that's wanting to be known is, is good. It's needed because it fosters that relationship with Jesus Christ, but that can go awry and we can want to be famous, want to be known on the internet, want to build our own kingdoms and, and be God, not serve because of God. So that's a piece of this conversation that can hold us back because we just want to be known. So we're doing things for the wrong reasons. And then within that, um, our identities can be so fragile. I know for 10 years, the Lord was working on me. I was called to, I felt called to a specific job. And for 10 years, I had this label. I was worthless. I wasn't good enough. Why would I, why would I do that? And I was making it see my self-talk. I was making all about me and the Lord came so strongly. I remember I was driving one day and I was in worship. I usually hear God clearly through worship. That's like my go-to is worship. I feel like we all have our go-tos, which doesn't mean we should just be limited to that. Let me give that disclaimer. But I was in worship and I felt the Lord say, Jenny, it's not about who you are. Who do you think I am? Mm -hmm. And this conviction came upon me and I was making this calling all about myself. And mm -hmm. I began to repent and worship God and say, God, you are so much bigger than this vision. I trust you that you can do what you've placed before me. I believe that you're calling me into something that matters. And then I just began to read, he began to reshape the Holy spirit, right. Began to reshape my thinking and worship God. And I really got over myself. Mm -hmm. So I think often we get in our own way because, because of our own limitations, um, we get in our own way thinking we're not good enough. We can also get in our own way thinking we're the greatest people in all of humanity, Enneagram tests, or even saying, oh, that's just the way I'm wired. That's just my personality. But we must always remind ourselves who, who the real star of the story is and who the author of life is. And, that, and that's God, triune God, Father, Son, Holy Spirit. And we can both recognize our strengths and our weaknesses and hold that again under that authority uh, of scripture and who God is. So like, say I was struggling with feeling stressed and I'm just like, oh gosh, I'm so stressed. And that's what's coming from my mouth. We can rephrase that and even bring God in the story and be like, I'm, I'm stressed, but I'm giving that anxiety to Jesus. Mm -hmm. And that's the difference. Or even being like, man, I feel like I'm really displaying like I'm really kind and that's it. That's not the end of the sentence. I'm kind because Holy Spirit's developing kindness in my life. That's why whenever I, I, for my job, I get to do ministry, which is such a blessing. But whenever the Lord ministers like a supernatural gifting through my life, I'll, I'll say, I feel as if the Holy Spirit is ministering a prophetic word in this moment or a word of encouragement. I'll never be like, I have, I have a prophetic word or I'm going to do healing because it's not about us. Yeah. It's not about us. So putting ourselves in the proper place really helps us to, to foster what the Holy Spirit is doing and, and not get in the way or even serve as a distraction. And again, remembering that our fragile, our fragile identities <laughs> will be okay. And letting Lord have the proper, the Lord have the proper place in our life is really mm -hmm. key to allowing the Holy Spirit to minister in and through us. Mm -hmm. That is so good. I feel like we could do just an entire different episode on everything that you just talked about, because I, I just feel like that is, I mean, because it just could be a whole separate conversation. It's so, so good. And it's something that all of us, that we are constantly working at and working through, because I don't know that any person like completely masters it, 
because right. it, we're human and we're imperfect mm-hmm. and we're living in this world. And I don't know about you, but I know for myself, I've had to allow and yield myself to the Holy Spirit to help work this thing out in me that it's not about you, Susan. It's not the Susan show, <laughs> you know? And yeah. so every now and then when I can when I can sense that maybe that is trying to kind of rear its head and be the leader to bring that uh, and subject it to the authority uh, of Jesus and to be reminding myself and my flesh, this is this is what it's about this was what I'm about. This is what we're doing. This is my motive. And Susan, it's not about you. <laughs> so, yeah. but I, I'm wondering with one of these, these holdups and hangups and, you know, talking about ourselves again, do you feel like we could be a holdup in our own journey because we, we just have such a, a misunderstanding of this area of our faith in in the Holy Spirit because of maybe a past experience, maybe we you know seen the gifts and and just displayed in a in a way that was contrary to Scripture, and so we've kind of I don't know we have already a, a our own thoughts or our own hesitation mm-hmm. toward that. What do you think about that? Oh yeah, I, I I came into the conversation of writing this book years ago with baggage towards the conversation. We, I I came in knowing God's power is real and relevant and the Holy Spirit is the minister of that power and and I wanted more of it, but I've saw I've seen such horrible displays of that like manipulative displays of that power. So I was carrying baggage within the conversation, um, but but yet I saw beautiful the beauty of it. Yeah. So I think we all carry our own preconceived notions of of what it looks like, how it operates. I mean, people might be listening and being like, "Oh, she's she's already triggered me six times," you know. <laughs> and, and we must like even this conversation needs to go under scripture. Like, is what is what we're talking about under the authority of scripture? And I think obviously through a relationship with Jesus, we experience the power and the move of the Holy Spirit. That's first and foremost. Secondarily, like understanding the Bible and the truth of who God is, that's that's second. And like, if, if you can study his word, dig into the conversation more. Um, and, and I think we get in, in our own way because we don't understand the Bible. And then also we get in our own way because like you were kind of describing, we neglect the gifts because we've seen it gone too crazy or it it was a, left a bad taste in our mouth. I mean, I've had ministers prophesy over me. And, and let me be clear, these would be in places that weren't typical, like Pentecostal or church of God, like movements that didn't operate loud and clear in the Pentecostal movement or in the, with the prophetic. So I had this one woman in a church come up to me it was a non-denominational church. And she's like, I just have a prophetic word. I just feel like God is saying you're going to move to Argentina. And she just was going on this tangent. And I never felt that once in my spirit. And I was like, thank you so much. I'll, I'll pray about that. And the beautiful thing about God is that just as someone can speak encouragement over another person, that person can either decide to receive that encouragement or to reject it or to place it away and say, maybe I'll think I'll pray about that later. And so I, I put that one on a shelf and said, you know, I've never felt a call to do that. Um, I'm not going to change my whole life around it. Uh, if I were considering that, I'd bring it to wise counsel and be like, what do you think about this? It, it is sparking something within me. So we must be good stewards within the giftings, both given and received. 
And I think we don't always, we might just be more dismissive than learning how to navigate that end of it. Does that make sense? Absolutely. And I'm reminded of, you know, scripture does say test the spirits or test the spirit, you know, to, in other words, you know, what someone is maybe speaking to you or something that you're hearing again, going back to scripture, does it align with truth? Does, does the Bible speak on this topic? Do you find biblical support to whatever it is that you're hearing? And, you know, I think that I have received a few words (laughs) over, over the years. And I remember one where someone had given me a word that I was going to be a children's pastor and that God was calling me into children's ministry. And, I know that I am not called into children's ministry. Mm-hmm. And so I guess I, I like to, to look at it this way, that God is speaking through someone and he uses that person often to affirm or confirm something that he has already been speaking and stirring on the inside of, of an individual. And so it's it's typically not a news flash to the recipient, you know? Yeah. Um, so I always think that that's a great filter, but, uh, you know, toward the end of your book, you write about being empowered by the Holy Spirit. And I love that you wrote about revival and that it first starts in our hearts. I, I about wanted to run a lap around my house when, when I read that. <laughs> I got you I doing just, the holy hustle. Come on. And, um, it is currently snowing here. So I'd be running with my snow boots on, which would not be <laughs> good for my neighbors. They would all need therapy after that. Anyway, I digress. <laughs> um, but Tell the listening community what you mean by that, that it first begins in our hearts and then what revival looks like when, when that happens to an individual's heart. I think revival starts with repentance and you can't put that on another person. I mean, you can call people to repentance, but that's the Holy Spirit doing it, right? So I, I, I don't know if you've been seeing this season, but I, I see a lot of churches and ministers using the word revival lately, which is wonderful. We should always be in revival. Like, and and I just, I describe revival as an awakening to who God is. And it does start with the individual. We can't lead people into revival if we're not in revival ourselves. So if God is reviving our hearts, he's connecting us to who he is. And that starts with repentance and recognizing our own sin. And I, I, think if you stop repenting, then you better check yourself and watch out because we need to live this life of repentance, of surrender, of asking God, what, what, what are you asking of me? And am I doing it? Am I displaying great character as you ask these things of me? The reason I wrote getting to know God's voice was because I wasn't seeing this holy demonstration of the Holy Spirit while also uh, integrity. Does that make sense? Yeah. Like, and I, and I'm hungry for a move of God, like no one else, but I'm also hungry for a move of God with integrity displayed behind it. So repentance is not only a call or excuse me, revival is not only a call to repentance, but it's a call to action after. So what is the Lord uh, asking you to free yourself of and how is he empowering you to do that? And then will you be obedient in, in the response to it? I, I love this example of a minister friend. He says he always prays for a revival, but he starts it in his own house and he'll even like be so dramatic to be in a room and just worship the Lord. And, and like, 
you know, however he connects to God best, he'll, he'll read his Bible and just dive in and, and it'll be contained to that room and he'll feel, sometimes you can feel the manifest presence of God. Have you ever felt that in yeah. during worship? Or, yeah. So he'll, he'll feel the manifest presence of God and be like, yes, Lord. And just like whatever God is leading, he'll, he'll do. And then he'll be intentional. He'll walk around and then he'll expand to his household and bring his kids into it and, and pray and they'll wor- worship. And you can see the revival expanding but it started as an individual. And then when his kids started into revival and repentance and it expanded into a city, this was another minister expanded into a city and he was in Las Vegas and then revival started in Vegas, but it started with him in his room, worshiping the Lord saying, what do you want of me? And every single one of us can do that. And we can see the Lord expand our territory when we're faithful to steward our one precious life. The beauty of who God is, is that, He's given us, this is just, this blows my mind every time I think about it. He's given us the tabernacling presence of God within us. And in the Old Testament, people had to physically walk to the temple or go to the tabernacle to be in God's presence. But he's given us that within us, not because we're God, but because he is good and he wants to be represented on this earth. And he, he for some reason, chose to do it through humanity. And that makes our life a marker for the presence of God in both the fact that we get to to display godly fruit and we get to walk in his power. And when we um, begin to embrace that, not from a place of like, I better perform, but a, but of a place of like, man, God, you're good. What do you have for us? Uh, What do you have for me? And what do you have for us? We begin to see revival and things begin to shift, not only in our own lives, but the lives of those we're called to be around. Yeah. Oh, wow. That is so good. It's really an overflow of what's already happening in our own personal relationship with Christ. And yeah, yeah and I, I just can't agree with you more about that, that repentance piece. And, you know, many, many years ago, as a new believer, I remember I was sitting in a service and the pastor was talking about revival and the the role repentance plays in that. And he said this, and I've never forgotten it. I mean, this was over 30 years ago, but he said that revival begins on a bent knee and a wet eye. And mm. I, I, man, I've carried that with me um, all of these years. And Um, I may not be able to remember everything else about that message, but that one line I've carried with me because I, I think that that is such a beautiful picture of just surrender and yielding and a contrite heart before the Lord come Holy Spirit, search me. And, you know, I always kind of liken it to shine your flashlight around in my heart. And if you'd see anything prompt me and I will, I will bring it to you um, because I just want to, I just want to have a pure and clean heart and I don't want to have anything that is clogging that up. So really good, Jenny. Thank you for, thank you for sharing that. As we wrap up, uh, speak to the woman listening today who wants to leap into a spirit-filled life, but she feels hesitant. How would you encourage her today? (laughs) Four, four ways. Uh, trust that the Lord is Lord of your life, Lord Jesus. So obviously that's first and foremost, rely on the Holy spirit to develop your character and the fruit, the fruit of the spirit, like make that a prayerful priority. 
use the gifts he has given you. There's spiritual gift tests online. You can try to figure, I mean, we're not going to systemize it, but that is a help, helpful indicator of what your spiritual gifts are. Um, and then fourthly, like be, be in a local church community and like wherever the Lord has planted you in a healthy church, be all about it, serve, be involved in community, get to know the people, pray with one another. I, you know what, Susan, I, I've been going through a health struggle. And just the other day when I felt so defeated, I opened my mailbox and there was a card in there from a woman. I, I don't even know who she is, but she's on the prayer team at our church. And that what they do is they pray over every single family in that church and they'll send the mothers um, or, or the woman and the family, they'll send them just like little encouraging notes. And on the day that I was so defeated and I was like, Oh, nobody sees me, you know, just being a normal human, like what was me? I got the most beautiful note. And it literally was like, I just want you to know you are seen. And like, it was just the things that I was wrestling with. And I think we can often overanalyze how we think God needs to move. It needs to be this big, huge, like fire falling from heaven. But I believe in the most beautiful, the most beautiful moves of God are sometimes the most simplest. So don't diminish the simple thing God is asking of you. I, I want to challenge every listener right now to prayerfully say, God, who can I encourage today? Come Maybe on. it's a pastor. Maybe it's a friend. Maybe it's go offer to help your neighbor clean the weeds out of their garden. I don't know, but whatever that is, that simple act, maybe big or small, it's deeply significant simply because God asked you to do it. So how can you show up in that way? And that's how you see the Holy Spirit move. That's how you see that that temple presence of God within you start to take active uh, measures to actually, you know, display God in the world, in the world around you. And it, it's simple and we can overcomplicate it. So even that question alone will set things in motion. Yeah. Oh, so good. And I, I loved every single one of those, all those four points. And so if you missed those, they will be in the show notes. So make sure that you're looking at the show notes, but Jenny, it's been so great having you with us this week. I know that the Lord used you to take the complicated and the confusing out of this, out of this topic and help us to better understand who the Holy Spirit is, how we can listen to God's voice. And I know that he used you to add value to the listening community here. So again, so great to, to have you with us, but uh, you will be able to throw your name in the hat to get that book giveaway, like I said, at the top of our time together. So make sure that you listen for, for how to do that following this interview. And then make sure that, again, that you check out the show notes to be able to find Jenny and connect with her in the online space. She has a lot of fantastic resources to help you grow in your faith and, and just really add value to your life and your walk with Jesus. But thank you so much, Jenny. It's been a joy to have you with us. Listeners, we, we love you and we're excited that you uh, have been here. Thank you again for allowing us to be a part of your day and welcoming us into your week. But take care, have a great rest of your week, and I will catch you right back here, same place. 
Wow, wasn't that a great conversation? I I just felt like Jenny was somebody that I could have just sat and talked with for much longer, probably an entire day. There's just so much that we could have that we could have covered that we just didn't have time to cover in a 30-minute, 40-minute podcast episode. But this is the reason why I'm encouraging you to grab a copy of her book that we talked about in this episode, not only for yourself, but as I said, if you listen to the introduction to this week's podcast episode, I shared that I believe so much in the content of this book. I'm giving one copy away to a blessed listener. So if that is you and you want to you want to see if you can be that blessed winner of this amazing book, here's how here's how you can can do that. But first, before I get to that, uh, I want to I want to just read the back cover to this book because even if you are not the blessed winner of the book, this is why I'm encouraging you to make sure that you go to her website, go to go to Amazon, wherever you can look at the show notes and make sure that you click on the link in the show notes to visit her website. She has incredible resources, online courses, books. I mean, she's just really doing a lot, her and her team creating a lot of great content to help people grow in their faith and be spirit-led in their everyday life. But listen to the back of this book. Do you ever wonder if God is speaking to you or how he is speaking to you? This 31-day interactive journey to living a spirit-led life will help you be mentored and guided by the Holy Spirit, recognize the different ways God can speak, overcome obstacles to hearing his voice, apply what you're learning with practical challenges, empower action and awesomeness by God's standards, of course. Isn't that incredible? I mean, don't you want to just get a copy of that? So if you want to throw your name in the hat and see if you could be the the blessed winner of this book, this is what you do. Take a screenshot of this episode and tag me uh, on the social. So you can find me, as, as you look at the show notes, you can find me, Susan Vandenhuvel, on Facebook and Instagram. Very easy to find me. Just punch in my name and there I'll be. So screenshot this episode, tag me in the socials for your chance to be the blessed winner of a copy of this book. The winner will be announced on social media. Um, You'll be notified on social media January 25th and entries close. So make sure that you're on the ball and and listen to this episode and take me on the socials because entries close January 24th. So you have an opportunity to be able to win a copy of this book up until January 24th. And then the lucky winner, the blessed winner will be notified on social media on January 25th. All right. Have a great rest of your week and I'll catch you right back here next time. Thank you so much for joining me this week. It was great connecting with you. Hey, would you do me a quick favor that would mean the world to me? Would you go ahead and leave a few stars and a review or even a comment? It not only means so much to me, but in the online space and the podcasting world, the more stars, 
reviews and comments that a podcast receives, the further the reach. It ranks up a little bit higher in Google searches, which then results in reaching more women with this amazing content. So if you are blessed and enjoying, you know, just the content that you are hearing here on the podcast, would you go ahead and leave a few stars, a review and some comments? It means the world to me. Thank you so much. And I'll catch you right back here. Same place, same time next week.